like nostalgic movie review from Nerdy Married Man. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to New Nostalgic. I'm David. And I'm Steven. And today we are looking at Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Woohoo! This is a 2023 film, uh, PG 13, and two hours and 14 movie. Minute. (laughs) (laughs) Tongue tied. (laughs) The synopsis is a charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic, but things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the a a fool a fool i think it's a fool (laughs) yeah i was gonna stumble on that word too (laughs) words Uh, you know this is america we don't care about pronunciation exactly english is the hardest language anyways uh cast for this movie we got chris pine michelle rodriguez i think it's reggae jean page justice smith sophia lillis hugh grant Chloe Coleman and Daisy Head. And those are like the the main ones. This movie is pretty awesome. Yes. It's like a, a heist film, like disguised as like a fantasy action RPG. Yes. And for Dungeons and Dragons fans, um, I've been a long time Dungeons and Dragons player. I started in 3.5 edition and been playing all the way up to 5th edition. This is so accurate to the game and pays so much attention to detail of small things that any players of the game will really appreciate the things that they did in this movie. Yeah, and as you're watching the movie, like the characters sometimes say things that might sound a little more modern. And honestly, it's like you can view the movie as if the characters are being played by people playing Dungeons and Dragons. And that's exactly what I think they were trying to do. And the way Dungeons and Dragons typically is because your dungeon master is always doing all the other voices and uh, making all the other characters sound proper or whichever way. And they're all playing a character. But these people speak how we normally speak in these worlds yeah and i i really liked the just kind of the way they have the banter and i like each character really plays well off of each other oh yeah of course you know every character in this movie also just plays exactly what you picture those pic- characters playing like michelle rodriguez she plays what she does in every movie a badass awesome chick who fights everybody and that fits well with the barbarian you got chris pine who's really good at singing and doing all these things and very charismatic and he's the perfect kind of bard like all the casting choices and the way they picked their characters was so perfect yeah everyone was cast really well and i think one thing i really like about this uh party of heroes you could say is that the leader is the bard of the group instead of like a typical fantasy adventure you see like a knight or a paladin leading it it's kind of cool seeing the bard up front. Yeah, no, that was definitely fun. And I love how they they do like uh, overpowered NPC characters to help them on their runs. They do a lot of practical effects in this movie, which were really, really incredible. Um, and even the combat in this game. So combat in D&D, everyone gets a turn and every round of turns is six seconds in the game. And if you watch the combat closely enough in this, especially like in the Red Wizard fight, which we'll talk more about in the story and the spoilers, but every fight with that is done in six second increments where everyone uses an attack or a grapple or a grab or one sort of action every six seconds. Fantastic attention to detail. That's pretty great. I thought the action was really fun and well choreographed. I also like the the balance this movie gives to like the silly campiness and fun with like the serious moments they had. Oh yeah. It definitely 
definitely does. And seriously, like the way that they role play this and the way that they like have the characters talk to each other and like the way the bard's always planning all these things and the plans always go awry. That's every single campaign you'll ever play if you actually play Dungeons and Dragons. Like you'll be set like you'll have your thought of this this is how it's gonna work and then nothing goes to plan. That's how it be. But yeah, I mean, I guess I also really enjoyed, you know, on top of like the heroes, I really liked the villains. I don't think they were great villains by any means, but I enjoyed them. Like they were they were fun villains. Yeah, I think uh the Red Wizard chick was really good. The other villain that's kind of behind that a little bit, we'll talk more about in spoilers. I don't think he did the greatest job, and I think his story was a little lackluster a little bit, but um, mm-hmm. I think they're also really trying to set up for a sequel. I really enjoyed what they gave us on screen. They like they weren't good villains, but uh, like he was a fun character. I don't know. He was just kind of a selfish brat, not like a true villain. Which I mean, the the Red Wizard is more the main villain, kind of behind the scenes pulling strings. Yeah, the effects in this movie were so amazing especially like all the spells every time they used a spell every time they did something i loved it because i knew exactly what spell they were using and i really appreciated all the slight attention to details with that and just so many things in this movie just i can't say enough how perfectly they did it i guess one thing i will say like this movie definitely is made by like huge fans of the game Mm -hmm. for fans of the game but people that go into the movie that haven't played it's still a fun, like, fantasy adventure comedy that anyone could enjoy. And oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I found it really refreshing. I felt like it was on the, the better half of the movies that came out in recent years. Yeah, it's kind of like movie studios are actually starting to listen to the audiences a little bit. <laughs> well, this movie felt like the movie studio didn't really believe in it. So they kind of gave free reign to the creators of the movie. Yeah. And... I feel like that was for the better. Oh, for sure. What did you uh, rate this movie, I guess? I think this movie really surprised me. I didn't really go in expecting much. Uh, when I saw the original trailer, I honestly thought it looked pretty stupid. <laughs> I mean, but I love Chris Pine and I love a lot of the other actors within this movie. I recently became a huge fan of the reggae John Page. I think he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's a really fun movie. It's not amazing, and it's definitely not terrible. Like, it's it's a good movie. So I think anyone could enjoy it. I would say when it comes out, which I think it actually this week or next week. It's on Paramount Plus already right now. Okay, so it is available to stream now. Yes. And I say give it a watch. For me, especially being a huge Dungeons & Dragons fan and a Dungeons & Dragons player, I think if you are a fan of the game and you've played a lot of the game you're going to love and appreciate everything that they did and for me it's a must buy but for like mass uh recommendations i say it's at least worth the rent or stream for sure most people are going to enjoy this definitely so i guess uh before we move on to spoilers voice crack there uh <laughs> next week we are looking at uh steven's pick uh tick tick boom yes our first musical we're doing yeah, it's available on Netflix, so uh, definitely go watch it before next week, and we will see you then. But now, on to the spoiler section. Woohoo! So, I guess this movie starts out with 
our two main characters, you know, Chris Pine, what his name is, uh, Edgen. Ed, Edgen. Yeah. And then, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Holga, they're both in prison mm-hmm. and they're going to meet with the prison warden about getting released. Yep. And this scene is so funny. And this is a very reminiscent scene. If you've played Dungeons and Dragons and if you've ever DM before, the head of the prison is basically the DM in the situation. And, like he's going through the speech and he's going through the delegations of what he needs to go through in this fantasy world of, hey, we need to have everyone present here before we start your hearing. Go ahead and tell us your stories or whatever, and then we'll decide whether we're going to release you or not. And he has every intention of releasing them. But in Chris Pine's eyes, he just needs to get back to his daughter and needs to get out of this prison. So he's like, I'm going to capture this Arakoa. We're going to tackle him and fly him out of the prison and escape. <laughs> and that was their entire intention and their entire goal. And they do it <laughs> so funnily and so ridiculously. And after they like escape, we get the whole segment of the word to be like, I was going to free you. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> You just waited another 30 seconds. Yep. All you had to do was just listen to what he had to say. You didn't even let them decide whether you were free or not before you decided you had to escape at this exact moment. (laughs) After the escape, they start on their way to visit Edgen's daughter. And we kind of find out a little backstory that he got thrown in prison for past mistake and he now has been gone for so many years and he goes back to a castle to find his daughter and he finds out his friend forge is there with his daughter yeah which forge is hugh grant's character forge find out like he kind of took his daughter and kira and uh he's a big political figure in one of the big cities now and he kind of runs this entire town now and everyone's like wait how did you go from like being a thief with us to this giant political person and this seems so odd and what's happening here and edgen ends up finding out that his friend forge has basically become a father figure to his daughter and has been poisoning her mind with lies about her father ends up lying to her of course and has him and holga thrown out of the castle well i guess he was gonna he's gonna execute them and they end up escaping and decide they need to figure out a plan to get his daughter back and so they move on to go uh make their party and this is where they go firstly to go find simon and simon is a wizard and he's doing this like magic show and while he's doing the magic show he's also stealing from everybody in the audience all at once he's telekinesis (laughs) this this is so great (laughs) and of course his plan uh Goes awry because everything goes awry in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> so everything goes wrong, and the audience like goes to turn on him, and he ends up casting a spell to reverse the gravity within this building. Yep. So they like all fall up, and then he reverses again to fall back down and escape. It's it's really cool. Oh yeah, it's it's so fantastic, and I can't remember when we go back to Holga's house at some point too. I think that's before they go to get doric the druid or is it right after it's i think it's before okay which this is amazing because we find out that she has a little bit of a uh halfling fetish yeah she had a go to her ex-husband's house to get some of her stuff and also try to just talk to him and it's a great cameo <laughs> oh yeah who was that oh it wasn't it bradley cooper 
Yeah, that's right. It's a uh, Bradley Cooper is this like halfling, or I, I don't know if I'd even call him a halfling. He's just like really, it's like a weird effect they did, but he's like awkwardly tiny. I, I think that's what the race that they were trying to portray that he was as a halfling. Oh, okay. Because uh, halflings are half the size of humans. Oh, okay. Well, and isn't Holga like part giant or something? Like she's uh, like, yeah. not part giant, but like she's a giant woman i guess like size wise i don't yeah. know why yeah she's definitely a bigger human for sure yeah i think she's human still though either way they stop off there to get you know you know i guess closure for her when they're on their way to go pick up the next person in their party which is doric which is uh she's like a shapeshifter can turn into any like animal she uh is a druid um and she can do use wild shape and wild shape allows you to transform yourself into animals of usually a certain size depending on your level in the game um which one of the funniest things that i saw with this movie that i i died laughing because when the trailers first came out for this movie everyone got so mad that uh she wild shaped into an owl bear because owl bears are not something you can transform into using the normal rules and so they actually put out a small one minute or one and a half minute YouTube short explaining why they did that, where they had like a D&D party, like talking to the DM. And the, uh, one of the guys is like, hey, she can't turn into an owl bear. That's not part of the rules. And then uh, the DM's like, well, as everyone knows in Dungeons and Dragons, the DM is God and the DM makes all the rules. So I allowed it this time. <laughs> So shut up, Brandon. <laughs> and I, I loved it so much because that's exactly how the game is. Everyone plays the game differently. There is a set of rules, but every, every DM will allow or not allow certain things depending on what the players want to do and whether they think it'd be fun to add to the adventure. But yes, yeah, so that whole fight scene of her changing into the owl bear and her first using her wild shape, I was like, that was so cool. Like, I never thought I'd ever get to see an owl bear on screen. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, another great example of some of the great, I said great like 3,000 times. <laughs> the the fight choreography, it was, it was really well done. Oh yeah, for sure. We find out that also uh, Simon and Doric had a little bit of a fling together in the past. And she doesn't seem like she even like kind of remembers them or whatever at first. Like, yeah, we courted. Okay, cool. You were that depressing guy. <laughs> But uh, I guess from there, uh, they decide that they got to figure out how to get back into the castle. And the idea they come up with is to find this magic helmet that uh, Simon can attune with so that they can get into the castle. Yes. And on this quest, they go to they're trying to figure out where this helmet was. And the ancient stories of this helmet said that there was this giant war uh, with his helmet, and so they go to the graveyard of where this war took. Simon uses the power to be able to talk and commune to the dead, and they get to ask the dead five questions before the dead dies again. And I love this scene so much. And it, the first dead creature that they talk to is the one that they show in the trailer, and it obviously goes really badly because they're just asking questions to each other, and the dead's answering them. And he's like, "I wasn't talking to you. Why are you answering my questions?" I don't know. And then so they keep trying to talk to more and more people. And then I love when they talk to this last person because the guy's like waiting for them to give them all the questions and they do four questions and then just walk away. <laughs> so the guy never gets to die again. <laughs> that poor guy. Yeah, it's like some sort of amulet that allows you to ask five questions to a dead person. Yep. 
they end up learning from a string of stories between each dead person because by the time they get caught up to what happened with the helmet, that person doesn't remember anything else. Next thing I know, I'm waking up talking to you. So they move on to the next person the helmet got passed to. And they end up finding out that the helmet was given to a paladin uh, for safekeeping. And that was Zenk, played by Reggae John Page. Yes, which this is one of those characters that in a normal D&D world is a overpowered character above everyone in the party's level that is there to kind of uh, guide the players through the story and help them with really hard combats that are going to be coming up. And they go to the Dragon's Lair, uh, a red Dragon's Lair, to find the helm. And this, I was so unprepared, and this was so unexpected, but this giant fat red dragon was one of the funniest things I have seen on screen ever. <laughs> but it almost felt like a uh, how to train your dragon style of dragon. Yeah, I can see that. Like one of those uh, bigger dragons. Um, yeah. And I, I got to say, I love the character Zank. That is just such a cool character. Oh, yeah. And he, he's he's the only character that is like almost completely dead serious the whole time like he's that heroic stoic paladin that doesn't understand jokes all the time like he's just kind of there to be heroic and be the best and save everyone it's just fantastic oh it's it's so great and they get the helm and they get the wand of the transportation or whatever where they can the uh, hear there wand or yeah. yeah it was like a portal gun wand yeah which is awesome yeah i guess the last thing i want to say about the cave is it has probably my favorite fight scene in the movie, and it's the paladin fighting off all of the enemies. Oh, yeah, the assassins that they send after him. Yeah, and it's just so creative, and his sword is just so cool because it, like, transforms. Like, it's a tiny sword, and then it turns long or something. Like, oh, yeah. It's just really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool things in this, and a lot of the items and stuff that they use in this uh movie are so incredible and i'm like i kind of want that in my next D campaign <laughs> and i i actually love this because there's a scene right after this where they get the helmet and then zank's like i have to go do other stuff and you guys go on and you guys attune to it or whatever you guys keep going on your mission and this scene here zink starts walking away from the group and the funny thing about this scene is the director never like yelled cut and so Chris Pine just kept on saying random stuff and riffing off him, like, oh, look at him go. Is he going to walk around that rock or is he going to walk over it? Oh, we walked over it. Oh, that's so weird. This guy's so weird. And he's, like, saying just the most random stuff. I don't remember exactly what he says. but And they loved it so much that they kept it in the movie. <laughs> like, that wasn't planned at all. And there's a lot of improv stuff in this movie like that that I just found so hilarious. Yeah, it was really really creative so yeah like the, the whole helmet attuning scene though is it's really cool because like oh, yeah. every time he puts on the helmet uh time stops for everyone but him and so he's like almost rushed into another like realm mm-hmm. and he's speaking to one of his ancestors uh and the ancestor is trying to help but also criticizing him about being able to attune with the helmet because he's not a strong enough wizard and yeah. it's just a really cool scene and every time the helmet blasts off his head because he can't tune to it, he, like the rest of his party, just see it as he put the helmet on and instantly got thrown back. Yeah. But in Simon's eyes, he had been having a conversation for a few minutes before it happened. With so like his great-great-grandfather or whatever it was. 
Yeah. No, and that scene really is just visually so cool. And Justice Smith does this character so well, especially in these scenes and attuning with this, where he's got so many self-doubts. And you kind of get the glimpse in this scene that everything about his character is everything that's holding him back is himself. Like, he really is this really powerful wizard, but he has no self-confidence and he's got no self-esteem. And because of that, his magic is lacking the power that he does actually have and has the potential to have. Yeah, exactly. After that, we get the uh, them, I guess, getting that mirror or using that mirror trick to try to, like, break into the... Uh, wagon or whatever that has all the gold and stuff that's going towards the arena that's going to have like some big game festival thing at the town that uh forge is running yeah they're heading back to the castle and they decide to use this mirror that will let them get into the vault because they're wanting to steal this resurrection stone thing from the vault that is uh at the castle so they use this teleportation mirror thing to get into the wagon so that they can have uh, the druid leave the mirror in the vault so they can then just teleport right to the vault once they get there. Yeah. And uh, this relic that he's trying to get is a um, relic that allows you to uh, resurrect one person. And it's a spell that can only be used once and then the uh, item disappears and he's really wanting to bring back his wife so he can have his family again because he thinks that um, ever since his wife has left, his family's been incomplete. And he's really focused on nothing but getting his wife back and really left his daughter behind. And he starts kind of realizing some of these things. And it, it's it's really hard because like Forge has really been pushing it on her that this relic that he's trying to get is just for riches and he doesn't actually care about his daughter and all these other things and keeps lying to his daughter and telling him like your dad never cares about you your dad doesn't want this your dad's not trying to resurrect anybody he's just trying to get rich and have a good life and he always wants more and he's never going to be happy where he's at yeah exactly so and so the scene where they're putting the mirror in the wagon i think it's one of the most like visually trippy scenes it's really cool oh yeah because it shows doric the druid going into the wagon and she like steps into the mirror and appears out the other side of the mirror and the screen kind of flips with her. And the effects for that and how they did that are really cool. Actually, if you look the behind the scenes for it. Yeah, it's, it's really awesome. And they end up getting the mirror into the vault and she escapes the vault as uh, like a mouse or starts as a fly and starts this whole chase of her changing to different animals, escaping the castle to get back to her party, which is which is so cool. I love watching all the different wild shapes that, that she did, where it was like a mouse, that she did birds, she did like all these other, like, I think she did like a goat at one point or something. Like an ostrich? I don't know. Oh, she, yeah. She, she did so stuff. many things. But so after that, they end up uh, getting to the castle. And as things are about to go their way, like they split up into the group and, you know, Doric gets into the vault and... Simon actually attunes to the helmet to break into the vault and they break into the vault and it's empty. And it turns out the vault that Doric made it into was actually a secret room so that Forge can steal all of the riches for himself yeah. from underneath the castle. And they all end up getting captured. 
Yep, and all the riches are in a boat that's offshore, and he's been he's trying to steal all the riches of all the other high uh, kings and lords of all the other lands, and just running off with all the money and leaving the town again because that's just what Forge does. He takes everything and leaves. He's that dickhead character that always messes your party up. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I love this because uh, it gets into this giant arena game. And the arena games is uh, this labyrinth that you have to do. And in this labyrinth, they have a bunch of different creatures. I can't remember the name of the the cat creatures that are chasing like them. Panthers. Yeah. I can't remember. Panthers the, with like those sensors. Yeah. I can't remember those names. But there's also like gelatinous cubes in here. And that was so cool. Them, and uh, also the mimic chest. <laughs> oh, yeah, the mimic chest, too. Which, seeing a mimic on screen also for, like, one of the first times was really, really cool. And everyone who's played Dungeons & Dragons or any of the Souls games knows that mimics are not to be messed with. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, our main party gets forced into these game, this, like, labyrinth game to kind of as like a sentence of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they get forced to go through it and they end up going through this labyrinth. And these like Panther creatures have these two tentacles that come out of their back and they can like project another, like a vision or a hologram of themselves. So kind of trick people into thinking that the Panther's chasing them, but it's actually just a projection. Whereas the other Panther is like behind them or something. Yeah. But they end up escaping, through the floor of the labyrinth using the gelatinous cube to fall through the floor. It's really creative. I wasn't expecting this because gelatinous cubes are also like acidic and they start burning through you. So you have to be able to get through them fast. And I love the way that uh, Doric actually uses her wild shape to turn into a snake to slither through the gelatinous cube enough to make a hole for her to squeeze out of. That way she can pull the rest of the crew out of the gelatinous cube. Mm Because if you get stuck in a gelatinous cube it will disintegrate your entire body over time yeah and it's like a slow painful death oh it's just excruciating so yeah after that they end up getting to the boat where forge is and you know they end up getting what they came for all along you know edgen gets his daughter kira back and he also gets the resurrection stone and they get rid of forge and they end up stealing the boat for themselves yep and as they're leaving, they notice this giant cloud appearing above the castle, and it's a it's a sky red beam. wizard. A <laughs> <laughs> red wizard was casting a spell to make everyone part of her like legion army or something, and infect everyone so that she can take over the world. And so they end up deciding, well, better turn around and actually be heroes. Yeah, it's really really fun. And I love this because they <laughs> use that mirror to end up actually dispersing all of the gold to everyone in the crowd like into the arena itself so forge doesn't actually get anything yeah and they end up doing that like they connect the mirror portal to this like weather balloon or whatever it was Mm -hmm. so that it could dump the gold and lead a trail and they're actually getting the people out of the stadium to chase the gold so that they don't get infected and they end up saving the day and getting to this awesome fight with the red wizard right outside the Uh, arena this fight is the one that i said pays the most attention to detail for the way the combat works 
And seriously, I, I watched a YouTube video and a TikTok video on this, and it literally dissected it down to every six seconds and showed each person having exactly one action during that time. And I was like, this is this is the height of attention to detail that every movie needs to have to be this good. And this fight scene is so fluid and it's so beautiful in the the, the spells that they use in this, especially like the different mage hands, like him making that earth, Simon making that earth hand and her making that like blood hand and then like the hands like arm wrestling each other. And oh, it's just so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really cool. And the effects are like actually surprisingly decent. You know, like that you can tell, of course, it's CG, but it's not terrible you know and it's that good kind of cg that you can almost see that it's believable and it's almost like you can tell in that world like that is 100 like what it would look like it's not it doesn't look fake yeah yeah it fits the context of the story and the world that they built for this movie so i guess during the fight they end up getting the wizard but the wizard ends up wounding holga to the point to where she's dying yeah, she got hit with a uh, certain blade that if you get stabbed with this blade, you are going to die. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And Edgen's sitting there with the, or Edgen, sorry. He's kind of dealing with the moral dilemma. He's there with his daughter. He kind of tells his daughter what he was intending to do with it, and he feels really bad. But then he starts kind of talking with his daughter and having all these memories of Helga, Holga with his daughter and how she's actually been an incredible mother mother figure for her and how much they love each other and he's like i don't think i can do it i don't think i can you didn't really have your mom like i had your mom and for you Holga's more of that figure for you than your mom is and i think i have to finally let go of your mother and realize that all the ones that i love are right here and I yeah. need to save Holga. So he uses the resurrection stone on Holga, which I was I was both really happy about, but also really sad because one of the things that I really wanted to see in this Dungeons and Dragons movie was one of the characters die and then immediately they come out in a different outfit as a different character. Because <laughs> that's something in D D. Like if if your character dies, your character is gone forever. You don't ever get to play that character again. You're not supposed to ever play that character again. And unless it's get brought back with some sort of resurrection spell or something, you cannot play that character anymore. And most people just play as a different character and it's like, oh, I'm that person's son, or I, I I'm a long lost cousin of that person, or it, or just some random other person. Like I'm some tiefling that heard about this character and I loved her and I wanted to help you guys. Uh, yeah. So we get that little heartwarming ending with them all actually being a happy family again and him actually like kind of breaking the delusions that Forge put on Kira of how bad of a father Edgen was. Yeah, so we get that happily ever after and they, uh, you know, decide to just hang out as a party and I don't remember if they were going to go their separate ways or not, but Simon and Doric actually start, like, trying to date again at the end, so I, th I thought that was pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. I think that's pretty much everything for it. Yeah, wraps up in a nice little bow and, you know, I, I would not be opposed to seeing a sequel. Uh, but if they did do a sequel, like, just keep it at one. Don't don't keep going with it. I, I think it kind of is going to depend on how well they do it. I, I don't want a rush sequel, and I want it to be as thought out as this one was with as much practical effects and stuff as well. I, I think you're right. I don't think this is a franchise that I want to see go, like, 
Fast and the Furious style and go 10 different movies or something. But <laughs> I, I could see one or two more movies of this for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's great. And I think uh, it's a wonderful surprise of a movie because I think it flies under most people's radars. I mean, I don't know if anyone really wanted a Dungeons and Dragons movie you know, at this point in time, I mean, after the first one, you know, back in what, 1990? Yeah, in the 90s somewhere. Yeah, sometime in the 90s. But I don't think anyone necessarily wanted a D&D movie, but I am very happy with the one we got. Exactly. It's it's one of those things where I wasn't expecting it. I never thought it was actually going to be a thing that ever happened again. And I thought it was weird that there was ever a Dungeons and Dragons movie. And I still haven't watched the original. I'm going to have to at some point. But... Because these campaigns that most of the time you play in Dungeons & Dragons, they're usually like a year-long campaign that you play once a week. So, like, these aren't short campaigns. So them doing an entire, like, mission was a really good way to do it and shorten it and make it just one event instead of trying to do, like, an entire series or something. And I actually much appreciate this as a tight-knit film than I do, like, a TV series. I, I really don't want everything to become a TV series. Oh, I'd, I'd agree with you there. So I guess, yeah, go check out this movie. It's worth streaming. It's on Paramount Plus. Yep. And then next week, we already said it's going to be Tick, Tick, Boom. So we will see you next time. Bye.